Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. Good morning, good morning. Now, now, come on, you can do better. Mora, good morning. Dumela, I hear. Well, it's good to be back. I hope all of you had some kind of rest somewhere, somehow. And um, I feel like I need to stand on more or less here. It's like, it's a top heavy, more people sitting this side. And uh, yeah, it was a really good time of rest for us also as a family. My name is Philip Atroyes, for those of you who are visiting us for the first time. Um, I have the privilege of leading this congregation. And, um, and as a church, we desire to see God's will be done. There's some amazing churches in our city and amazing churches just in this area. There's so many incredible churches. But as we were praying this morning, I was made aware, although there are incredible churches, you can literally just go down the road, you find a church, go up the road, you find a church, go up. I mean, there's a lot of churches here. But if you go to the Woodlands Mall this morning, you'll find a lot of people not in a church. You'll find that a small percentage of our citywide church, our citywide population, actually does go to church. And you and I should be more concerned about those who are not serving Jesus, those who are unsaved and unchurched, than those who are in a church. Praise God for those in the church. But may this year be a year that these empty chairs are filled with those who are not sitting in another church, but those who are not in a church. The unchurched and unsaved, may they benefit from the fact that you and I believe in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, we're starting a new sermon series called Set Apart, which will flow into our prayer and fast, which will happen end of this month, where we all pray and fast together. The reason why, I know globally, some people already start with their prayer and fast right now already, but we work on different calendars from China to USA to, you know, Ukraine to wherever we are in the world, works on different calendars, and most of our people are slowly, slowly, slowly trafficking back to Pretoria. So we want all those who are still on holiday not to miss out to have a moment of not eating and fasting with us now, seeking God and setting our minds right for this year. In my time being back, we came back a bit earlier, about 22nd, and sitting before God every morning and just thinking about this year. And one thing that God impressed on my heart, I want to encourage you this morning. What will this year be like? Every year is like a new year. And there's a simple truth that God dropped in my heart that I want us to think about. May your mindset be like honoring God. Set your mind on the things of above. Think about the things above. Don't think about, you know, is this year, what year? Years figures, 23, 24, 25, don't determine the will of God. God's will is predetermined for 24. All you and I need to do Let's get our minds right. The way you see life is usually how you live life. The way we perceive things, the way we see things, sets our minds and our attitudes in a certain pathway. Doesn't mean that's exactly what God wanted for us, but if we have a wrong thinking, wrong thinking usually produces a different lifestyle. And as we embark on the series, I'm gonna start off and we're gonna preach on different topics and the whole theme is about setting apart, looking at God's holiness. Next week, we'll be speaking about God's holiness lost and what happened. 
And then God's holiness revealed the week thereafter. And then we'll speak about how do we restore God's holiness and how do we live in God's holiness. But for all of that to start, I'm gonna start off this morning and I'm gonna speak about God is holy. What does it mean when we say God is holy? Now without knowing this, shows you how unique the Holy Spirit works in unity. Martin has read to you the passage I'm preaching on this morning. And the songs they prepared on Sing, Sing, Sing is exactly my psalm I'm gonna preach on this morning. So I want you to open up your heart as we just allow God's word to minister to us. Father, we thank you as we open up your word, would you open up our hearts and help us to put you first. I'm gonna read from Psalm 96, verse one to nine. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. God bless his word. What a powerful psalm written by David, but if you listen to the psalm, it wasn't just written by, you know, by David in the, in the psalms. David was actually taking a little piece out of a song that was sang way before the psalms. In 1 Chronicles 16 verse 23, you go back and you'll find the exact same song. A snippet of this, David records here, was saying, now what happened there? You find the Israelites basically dishonored God and they disobeyed God. And part of that is they lost the ark and the ark was taken away from them. And what happened at this moment, David and his mighty men went and they found the ark and they were bringing the ark back to the people of Israel. And when the people of Israel saw the ark, they spontaneously started to sing not so much a new song, Many people interpret new song, new song. It's not so much a new song, but it's a fresh experience and a fresh revelation of who God is and singing about not new, but the ancient God. And they immediately start to overwhelm with song. Why? Because when you're in a desperate place for a long time without God's presence, when his presence comes back into your life, a song arises. What does singing, what does singing do? So we're gonna look at this psalm and you'll find the writers of the Bibles, every single book and every single chapter, don't just read and quickly run through your Bible. Try to find what did the writers do? How did they put, in, a, in this case, I mean, David was, it's just a song, but you'll find there is a kind of a chasm in here where he kind of sing, sing, sing. And then he keeps on repeating. He's putting emphasis, emphasis, building up to a climax. So let's see what this brings to us. You see, when you look at the ark of 
God. It represents the presence of God. And this is exactly what happened and that's what David was writing and singing about. So let's go to verse one and two. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. See, when you think about a song that you sing, it comes from some affection, some, touch, some new affection and some new expression of what you just experienced. You see, religion is dead. Just doing things by legalism and you just have to do things. You have to wake up, you have to do that. And so there's no life in it. But when you experience who God really is, when God is revealed to you and you get a revelation of God, it does something to your body. It does something to your mind. It does something to your emotions. It awakens in you something. And David says, the response is you start to sing. It's not just words of singing, but your life starts to sing. When you find somebody walking around and they're singing, yes, your first thought is, are you happy? Because, I mean, I can see when Luca is happy because he walks around there and he will sing and whistle and all kinds of things. And so, because he's happy. See, when you're happy, it's a reflection of your emotions. David says, why are you singing? What is this singing in our hearts? It's because of his name. But if we don't understand his name, why will you sing? Friends, there's so much in life that can trouble us. We have enough reason if we ponder it to become negative, but we have no reason not to sing because it comes back to what we see. It says sing, 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 which means it brings an emphasis to something. Lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, see something different. There's a rejoicing and a jubilant spirit. When we see what they saw, we will sing like they sang. There's something about them. Goes on to verse, the next part of verse says, proclaim, verbally say, his salvation day after day. Declare, say, his glory among the nations. Declare, say, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. He's not just speaking here about Israel. In fact, Israel is singing a song. And here's the challenging thing where so many people become more Israel than Israel itself. Some people become more Jewish than Jews themselves. Did you know that from the start, God had nations in mind, never just one nation. He wanted to use one nation to always get to all the peoples. Every single passage in the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament includes both Jew and Gentile. It's never been different. You see, one is really Jew. Is it in heart or in birth? Paul gives you the answer, go and study it. See, when you look at this whole declaration, proclamation, it's talking about say something. From sing, 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 he say, when you sing, when you sing, you sing because you see something. And what you sing, you will start to say it. You will not have your mouth shut. You will not keep back. You will not not declare. You will not not you know, proclaim who God is. Proclaim what? Proclaim his salvation. What is salvation pointing to? Without holiness, there is no salvation. When we don't understand that God is holy, there's no need for salvation. He says, proclaim his salvation, declare who God is, and when they know who God is and they see God who is, salvation will be the response. 
Declare His salvation day after day. Declare who God is. Declare His glory. Which means, glory means to be set apart, to be totally unique, totally not even comparable with anything else. Nothing else take that glory. His majesty, incomparable uniqueness, and His marvelous deeds, what He has done. Verse 4, why do we declare? For great is the Lord. Friends, nobody serves a, non, a, a bad God. Nobody serves a God that's not great. Why do we believe in the God that we believe in the Bible, God of the Bible? Why do we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Because He's great. In the midst of our troubles, God is great. God is way beyond. It means He is unlimited powerful. He is all-knowing. He's everywhere. There is not a thing that you face. There's not a thing that you go through. Your age, your culture, your gender, nothing is excluded from this great God. And He wants to be great in your life. He wants to be great through your life. He wants to be great in your life. For great is the Lord and most worthy to be praised. Not worthy to be praised. Most worthy to be praised. I hope over this holiday you praise some of your family members. I hope over this holiday you celebrated each other. You thanked each other. Yesterday was my son's birthday and we celebrated him and we honored him because he's worthy. Your wife is worthy, your husband is worthy, your kids are worthy. Hopefully we, we handle and treat each other as worthy. What is there in your life that is worthy? That you put value to, that you put, this is, this is important, this is a value. That you put time this year, you're gonna commit to certain things this year. What is that that you commit to that is worthy to you? The psalmist here says one thing that we need to understand. If we don't put God as most worthy, everything else lost, loses its worth. Our salvation is not a ticket to heaven only. Our salvation is an exposure. It is an introduction. It's an invitation into the worthiness of God. And if God is worthy, we will be able to say no to things that are not worthy. If God is worthy, we will align our lives, our time, our talents, our treasures. Oh, I don't have time for that. Friends, all of time is defined by what you call worthy. Worthiness is the foundation of your worship. Is God worthy? Is he worth the time? Is he worth the sacrifice? Is he worth the moment? Is he worth giving everything? David says, yes, most worthy. Above everything else that you call worthy, he's most worthy. He's more worthy than your own life, my life, our own lives. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. If you go and study the original meaning of that word, idols, it says he is to be feared above all idols. How many people fear certain things apart from God? 
You see, that's why the Bible says the love of God drives out all fear. What is he saying? He says you are fearing these things because you've lost sight of who I am. Because when you know who I am, you will not fear idols. You will not fear creation because I'm the creator above the things that you fear. I'm the one who determined life. I'm the one who determined this year. I am the one that you fear most. Most. It says, in all the nations, all the gods of the nations are idols. That word idols in its literal meaning means worthlessness. Idols, worthlessness, nothingness. This is this, what is here? Nothing. That's the thing that you fear. That's the thing that you worship. If you don't put God first, your business, your money, your time, your life, your everything becomes this, nothing. If you don't make God the God, any other God is this, nothing. You make something, it's still nothing. Don't make of nothing something. Make God the main thing. And then this whole psalm goes into a comparison with the word says, but. Sing, sing, sing. Say, say, say. God is great. A fear above all idols. But you look at idols, you look at things, you look at chairs, you look at cars, you look at houses. I mean, you come back from holiday and there's a lot of comparison happening on holiday and there's a lot of things you see and this and that and you kind of feel like you're inadequate and you never keep up with this and that. God says, slow down, take a deep breath. But the Lord created all. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the source of life, not the things you look at. He's the source of life, not the things you desire. He is the source, but God made the heavens. Great is he to be feared. Verse six says, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory in his sanctuary. What is splendor? Splendor means this magnificent vigor, royal glory. Something not to be compared with. Think about somebody you have that's your hero in sport. Think about somebody in music, the best. Think about the best of the best of the best on earth, mankind you can think of. Spend the means. You can't even mention them when you speak about God because they can't even be compared. There's not even this compared with God, the moment you say splendor, everything else disappears. There is not even a correlation. There's not even a way to explain it. How set apart God is. And still he cares about you and me. Majesty means mightier than anything else. Your majesty. What are you saying? You are mightier than my problems. You are mightier than my circumstances. You are mightier than my fears. You are mightier than anything else. Friends, the only thing that God expects of us is to acknowledge him for who he is. Forget about this. Acknowledge him. 
Lift up your eyes and look at him. Knowing who God is gives you a right perspective of what's happening around us and in us. And then it goes back into this chiasm. It says again, ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength again. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. You see again three times, ascribe, ascribe, ascribe. The original word is actually give, give, give. Give the Lord, give the Lord, give the Lord. Give him the glory, give him the strength. Who? All the families of the earth. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Again, we see a scribe says to us, give, give, give. Emphasis from sing, sing, sing. He says, say, 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 because you can only see, but you see you sing what you sing. You'll start to say and say, when you really say it, you really believe it and see it, he will start to give. You cannot see God and not give your lives. You cannot see God and not ascribe to him. You cannot see God for his and not surrender your life. It's not a sacrifice serving God. It is a revelation of who God is. Therefore, you give yourself. You'll make time. You'll put things down. Why? Because you see him. And because you see him, you sing about him. Because you sing about him, you actually want to say about him. And because you say, you want to give yourself. Radical Christianity is not a decision. It's a revelation. When you see who God is, you cannot but respond. And why is this all happening? What, he, what is the psalmist doing? He's pushing, he's building up. It's like a movie. He's building it up. He's building it up to a climax. Ascribe to the Lord. Incomparable worth and power that's due him. Glory and strength. God's worth and God's value cannot be compared with anything that you call valuable and worth. He's way above it. And because of that, bring an offering unto God. Sing, sing, sing. Say, say, say. Give, give, give. Why? Where is David going with the song? He's bringing it to the whole climax what defines God the most? The angels bow down daily and they say the same thing over and over and over again. Worship the Lord, verse nine, in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Worship the Lord. You see, when you see him, when you sing it, when you say it, when you give the responses, you will want to worship him. You will walk on Monday into a boardroom and you will want to worship God. You will walk into your family, you will want to worship God. The more we see who God is, the result and the response is worship. And worship is not the songs we sing, but the life we live. Have you ever heard of satanic worship? Satanic worship, you don't think about the songs they sing. You think about the acts and the, the things they do. It's only in Christianity that we think worship is only the songs we sing, excluding the life we live. Through worship, you could sing songs and never worship God. 
You could worship God without ever singing a song. Through worship is the life you live, which reflects in the songs also we sing. He says, worship the Lord in the splendor, that set-apartness, that uniqueness, that incomparable, indescribable God who he is. The splendor of what? Of his holiness. See, holiness throughout the Bible as one of, being the, one of the main attributes of God that God describes himself by. When the angels bow down, there's a lot of words they couldn't use because God is just so indescribable. He's great, his love is all. But what do the angels say? Holy, holy, holy. That's the only word they use. Holy, holy. Because if you take the holiness out from God, if you take the holiness out of the whole equation of Christianity and you want to describe love, you cannot describe love without holy. You'll have a worldly description of love. See, many people major on love, but they miss out on holiness. They major on grace, but they miss out on holiness. They major on things, but they miss out on holiness. Without holiness, you cannot describe one word in the Bible. Christianity, holiness is the foundation of Christianity, not just love and all the other things. It's the holiness of God. He's calling us to be holy. He's calling us to be set apart. Why are there laws throughout the Old Testament? You read through me, kind of, what, is, what are these laws? The laws of God was simply the display of God to take a people from the world and start to make them to look and live different from the world so that they look different and they're not part of the world. That's why every single time you read in Leviticus and things, the laws of God, it was never about the laws. It was about the God says, you are not from this world. You look different. You speak different. You act different. And you live different. That's why the law was not done away. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. How? He says, you are still called to be living different. We are not from this world. Why? Because we serve a holy God. Holiness is not a result of your discipline and my discipline. Holiness is a result of seeing him. And the more we see him, the more we are convinced by who he is. Let me put holiness in a different way. If I give you a diamond, two types of diamonds, the one is pure and the one has got a lot of defects, which one are you gonna choose, ladies? The pure one. If I give you a perfect wife, husbands, versus uh, a wife with defects. <laughs> Joking. If I give you anything in life, a business, a car, something, would you like to have a broken car, totally broken, that can't even drive, or would you like to have a brand new car that is totally working? Every single time, your nature will choose the perfect. Why? Because deep in your DNA, there's a moral code of holiness. You want it but your flesh wants to work against it. You know what holiness is. It's the unresistible, uncomparable, totally attractiveness of God's perfection. If you're something that is absolutely beyond description, beautiful, perfect, without fault, you will be attracted to it. That's why religion is the enemy of the gospel. Because religion takes whatever is perfect and attractive and makes it sinful and man, human. Jesus says, lift up your eyes, look at me. Yes, he lived like a man. 
yet without sin. God's calling you and me in this year. If you wanna have one focus this year and say, what am I gonna focus on so many things? If you wanna have one focus, allow God to sanctify you. Allow God to use circumstances and the things we go through to become more like him. Why do we struggle with the issues of life and when we go through tough times? Because tough times reveals the real you. And if I don't wanna become like God, then tough times is an obstacle. But if you wanna become like God, tough times becomes the opportunity. It builds character. It gives the opportunity to really see God and press into God. And when we see God and press into God, you'll find, you'll find grace there. You'll find the gospel there. You'll find this Christ who was raised from the dead will go into your moments of death and will raise you and there will be a new life. It's the work of Christ and not the work of your discipline. It's faith in God that saves us. And discipline flows from that. Discipline doesn't add to it. May we worship God. May we see him for who he is. 1 Peter 1, 14 says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't go back and worship those idols again. But as he who's called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. The moral perfection and purity of love is what holiness is. <clears throat> May God help us this year as we seek his face. Whenever we find in ourselves, we look at God and we fall, we fall short, we lack. It's not to condemn us, it's to convict us. It's to bow before Christ, Lord, I still need you. I'm so dependent on you, I'm so in need of you. It's to point us to God. What does the law do? Because we talk about, if we talk about holiness, you always talk about the law. What does holy, the law do? The law doesn't save us. Looking at the rules and I'm gonna apply the rules. Now you look at the rules and then realize you need a savior. The rules, the word of God points us to a savior. It's not saving ourselves through the discipline. It's looking at Christ what he did on the cross and say, Lord, can you help me? That's why there's hope for every single human being because we are saved through grace and not of our own works. So how do we respond? <clears throat> Romans 12 gives us the ideal response. I appeal to you therefore brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What can you do? What can you do today? Young people, what can you do today? You're not too young. Present your body, make yourself available. Make what says, here's my body, here's my feet, here's my heart, here's my time, here's my talents, here's my treasures, here's me. Present your body, pitch up. Make a commitment and be there. Do something, present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be like the world who start to commit to other things and conform to the world, but be transformed. How? Changing your mind. 
Put on the mind of Christ. Be renewed in your mind. That by testing that you will discern what the will of God is. Is good, acceptable, and perfect will. This is God's will for you this year. <clears throat> so let me end by this. What you see means conviction. Is what you will sing is an expectation. Is what you will say is your confession. And ultimately your sing, your see, and your say will outflow in what you give your living. Make sure you have godly convictions, that your godly convictions lead you to godly expectations, which means you live by faith and you expect God to pitch up. You expect God to do things. You expect the good, not the bad. You expect the word of God, not the other. You trust, you put your faith in God, and by your faith you live. And that becomes your confession. And that is the life we live. Father, we thank you this morning. As we see who you are, we ask you, God, would you help us to see you? Just we are, would you just take a moment and just let God fill your mind, fill your heart for this year. your mind on the things of God why don't you just let your worries go give it to God your schoolwork how will this year be friendships why don't you give it to God say Lord you give me godly friends you help me in my studies help me at work but I want to focus on you show me who you are While your eyes are closed, I want you to walk out with this picture. A loving father opening up his arms to you and say, come. And like a little child, you run up to him and he grabs your life and he says, come walk with me. Let me show you the life I want you to live. It's a father who takes your hands, hand and he starts to walk with you. He's with you. He's close with you. And this God, when you look up to Him, He's radiant, He's shining, He is holy, He's perfect, irresistible, uncomparable. And He's your Father. Thank you, God, that you're holy. We worship you this morning. As we end off, <clears throat> you're sitting here this morning and you're not sure that your life is right with God. I'm not saying as a born again believer that you go through things. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you're uncertain that you are born again. You've not come to the place where you have surrendered your life to Jesus. The first place to start is to sing of his salvation. Is to come to the place where you get saved and give your life to Christ. If that is you and you don't know, you're sure that you're sure that you're a child of God. Don't you want to just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody.
you're not sure. Take it that you are sure that you're a child of God. So, Lord, I pray now for your children. Would you help us, Lord God, that we would see you for who you are. And because of that, may your hearts overflow with a singing expectation of joyfulness, expectation. And what we see in saying, sing, Lord God, may we say that. May we declare that. May we be people who speak and invite and reach out to the unchurched and unsaved because we have this hope in God. Lord, it ultimately results in the way we live our lives, how we give ourselves to you. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationswane.org forward slash moikloof. That's everynationswane.org forward slash moikloof. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Hey.